Hello, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of End Time America. I wasn't going to do one tonight. It's uh, it's almost 5 o'clock. I've been up all night. I felt uneasy for days. I think yesterday I spent most, most of the morning crying and in prayer, and it's just like this... Just this feeling inside of of, uh, of uh, concern and and hurt about what's happening and and about what's coming in the future, and uh, and on top of that, with all the things that happens around, the closer you are to God, the more more you're doing in God's kingdom. The more the world hates you, the more the world comes out against you, the more trouble you've got. Those people that don't have any trouble, don't have any any conflict with the world, the people in it uh, need to really think about what they're doing with their lives because maybe they're just not on the right path just yet. Uh, I hate to say that, but that's a fact. Uh, then, then this afternoon, I... I hadn't looked at YouTube in a few days, and I, I'd almost made up my mind never to do another podcast, just drop it and uh, just let everything go because it's going to play its course anyway because I, it's it's ineffective. Nobody's listening. Everybody thinks they know. Everybody's so blinded by the false doctrine that's out there and so confused because they don't know the truth. There's so many different people that claim to have the truth. There's so many people misled that I just felt I just feel so hurt sometimes because you you don't want what's getting ready to happen to happen. Me, I'm not a member of a militia, never have been. I've investigated them, decided against it. I've never I'm not a member of any group any except for God, Jesus Christ. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm not a member of a church because I haven't found a church, a real church. Uh, so right away, if you if you believe in the truth, you're automatically isolated. And on top of that, just like Scripture says, when you start speaking truth to all the lies that are out there, everybody abandons you. And I seen a video not long ago about how how if if you're if you're if you really know the truth if you're really with God you're going to be isolated you're going to be alone and uh, and that's a fact if you're really pursuing truth if you're pursuing God God's heart not your own if you've laid down this life and then the only thing that matters is pleasing him and uh, his his kingdom. And I've been ineffective in that. But anyway, this afternoon, after all that stuff going on and all the attacks that I'm under, uh, I thought, well, I want to check out YouTube and see what's going on. And Dana Coverstone has another dream. And I watched it. I listened to it, I listened to it, I listened to it, I guess, 10 times at least. And then I prayed about it. I've been praying about it all day. 
And I was praying about it, praying about it. And I was unsettled and I couldn't go to sleep. So I listened to it some more. And then when I got finished, it was like God made some connections in my heart. And I, I, I think I understand it. I'm not a prophet. I just love God. I love our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to try to explain this to you because we're right there right now. This 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 current dream is on the mark and it's immediate. It's a, it's an immediate dream. What's going on? So I'm going to let you listen to it first. And then we're going to go to the end of it and discuss something. And then I'm going to explain what I believe it means. So uh, it takes a few minutes. I, I'm going to try to make this as short as I can. So bear with me. But here it goes. Get this propped up so you can hear it. So here's the dream that I had. I saw two distinct flocks of birds flying above a four-lane interstate, and there was a median in between. I saw that traffic was very heavy and at times bumper to bumper. But the speed of all the vehicles was over the posted limit. It was obvious these people were driving like crazy, going someplace and coming away from another place. The people in the opposite lane were driving even faster. The ones that were coming on, you know, coming in traffic. Basically, I'm going this way and the other traffic's coming this way um, as I'm watching the birds. The drivers and the people in the opposite lane were driving even faster and even more erratic. They were running from something. They were trying to get away. The drivers, both coming and going, seemed angry. They had white-knuckle grips on the steering wheels, and they were pounding the dash and screaming at other drivers. So these people were very, very, very upset. And the birds, now the birds were all crows. Uh, they were all crows, but they're in two very tight groups, and they appeared to have like tens of thousands of birds in each group. So you've got tens of thousands of crows in, in two distinct groups, all flying in, in the same general direction. They were headed in the same direction as the traffic in the right two lanes going forward and appeared to be going towards a tunnel. It appeared it was a tunnel miles and miles ahead, but I could see it was a big enough tunnel that you could see it from where we were as I was kind of in the dream kind of following the birds. That's what I was seeing. I was seeing what was going on with them. And they were headed towards this, this tunnel miles ahead. Now, the flocks would bump into each other. As they're flying, both, well, both separate groups are flying. They would, they would hit each other almost violently. And, uh, yeah, and you would see uh, when they would bump each other, a few birds would fall out, hit the ground hard, and never get back up or return to flight. And those flocks of birds, those groups just kept just kept going. The two groups at times, like I said, they were intentionally doing it. They were intentionally flying at each other, and it caused damage to the birds in both groups. Every time the, 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 the two groups hit, it basically damaged the birds, and birds were falling and hurting, but they just kept going. And it wasn't like they were fighting, but at times it seemed that there was conflict between the two groups of birds, which were crows. Um, then off of where the birds were flying, there seemed to be this, like little flashes of lightning. And upon seeing this, one, uh, one lead bird would take off. So you'd have the group right here, and one bird would take off in, in a way, and several birds would follow that lead bird. And the lead bird was weaving and moving really, really quickly up and down and through the oncoming traffic. But each bird in the lead on either side, and it came off of both sides, so both groups of birds had lead birds that flew off chasing this lightning and leading other, small, other, other birds behind them, almost like it took off and the birds followed. 
Each bird in the lead on either side also began to move dangerously, and the birds following seemed to be getting dizzy uh, because they were following. So they were confused, but they kept following. But they were just getting dizzy, and and the wings the the wings weren't working as well. And they're trying to figure out. They were making real sharp turns and things like that. Finally, the lead birds led the followers right into absolute danger. One was flying to, uh, those birds behind it towards the semi and just suddenly, real quick, just went straight up. Just straight up. And the birds behind him, following him, actually hit the semi head on and all these birds were killed. Another, The other bird led a group uh, into a, a, uh, an overpass and just at the last second lifted up and the birds behind him hit the overpass and then fell to the ground and were dead. And the lead birds then went back in the flying flocks and did the same thing over and over and over, probably three or four times. And they were taking birds off of the groups and then taking them out and basically killing them by leading them into danger. The birds continued flying towards the tunnel and that, that, that carried all four lanes of traffic. And it was, there were large American flags, large American flags hanging over this tunnel above where the cars were coming and going. It was almost like there had been a, it was almost like an, a, a, an overpass as well. The tunnel was in the, was uh, underneath the overpass, and these American flags were laid there on the, the overpass part of it. And these flags were dirty. They were ragged. They were tattered. They looked like they were connected through strips of fabric that was um, almost like a candy cane. They were red and white stripes, you know, kind of like a, uh, the sign you see outside of a barber shop. The fabric was kind of like that, and it connected all of these flags together. And the flags covered the entire overpass over this huge tunnel uh, that encompassed all four lanes of the traffic that was was coming and going. And there was wind, and the wind that was blowing. There was no storm clouds. It, it wasn't like like a tornado thing coming. It was just real bad wind. And the flags were just whipping and being tattered and torn as they were being being done like that. And they were ripped. They were being ripped violently by this wind. It was very, very strong wind. And then the man that I've seen so often uh, in my dreams, he showed up. And um, he was standing on the flags that lay on the cement embankment over the tunnel. He was standing on them, uh, looking towards the birds. He was wearing a metal medieval helmet, like you would have seen, um, and I'm just going to use this term, I was thinking about it, like um, Charlemagne's group or Crusaders that would have gone. Those metal helmets that fit over their head with a little cross extension you could see out and protected your head and your neck. He was also wearing chain mail, uh, medieval chain mail that protected, folk, uh, protected the soldier from, from swords and knives. But he also had a long sword about the size of a Scottish claymore on his side. It, it seemed almost as big as him, but it was a claymore. And the Scottish claymores were just known to be very, very large, long swords. It also had the basket hilt on it. Uh, some of you may know what I'm talking about. And in one hand, he was holding a very, very large metal spike as tall as himself. It, it was just like he was holding it here by, by himself. It was as tall as him. He also had a huge metal maul, uh, what you would use to split, uh, you know, hit a wedge to split wood. Uh, it was just a huge maul, about the size of his head. And he had his hand on the handle, and the maul was on the ground. He was holding it. So he has this huge uh, metal spike, which is kind of down like that, like it's going to be driven into the ground, and this huge maul, a very, very heavy maul. 
And as the birds got closer to the tunnel, the man, who now looked like he was about 10 feet tall, he, he took the position to hold it. He took that spike and he held it right in front of him on the ground. It was on top of the flags. It was on top of the embankment area. It was on top of the overpass, so to speak. He sees these birds come and he takes up this position. He looks like he was about 10 feet tall. He holds the spike at the top of the flags and the abatement. Then he lifted the maul into the air. And this thing was huge. And the maul appeared to change. It became not a maul. It was now an anvil. An anvil like you'd see in a, in a shop, a metal shop or something. A huge anvil on this wooden handle. And it was blood dripping from the anvil. And it was dripping down onto the man's hand. So even as he, as he holds the maul like this, he is seeing... The blood's coming down on his hands. The traffic disappears, and the road became like a runway. And both groups of both groups of birds now merge together, and they are flying particularly fast. I mean, almost like a stealth bomber. They just—they're all together. These black crows are all together, and they're just moving in, in, as one now towards the the tunnel, trying to get into the tunnel. The tunnel was now very much larger, and the dark hole was now filled with people wandering around blind with masks over their face. And they were using the white cane. That's what the, it's called, a white cane, the, the stick that they unfold and they walk with in front of them. So all these people, are they're, they're walking around like they're blind. They've got masks over their face, and they're using these white canes. Uh, under, you know, they're walking in this tunnel. And they're walking underneath. So no one knows what's going on. They can't see what's happening. They're not aware of what's happening. But they're, they're walking and they're blind. Birds are getting close to the tunnel. And that's when the man placed the spike securely with his hand, looked at the spike, took up that anvil or the, the maul in his hand. And he began to pound, pound and drive that stake with, it, it was almost feverishly. It was just jump as fast as he could. He was just pounding, pounding, pounding that stake. The birds kept getting closer. They keep flying towards Tim. And as he keeps pounding, suddenly the ground trembles and it cracks open. And there's like air that rushed to the surface like it had been, been trapped down there somewhere. I don't think it was necessarily from the tunnel, but it just looked like there were these pressure gaps that came up through the soil where he was standing. He kept pounding and pounding and pounding until the tunnel began to collapse. And the ground was shaking uncontrollably to the point of beginning to split. And then he takes off his helmet and begins pounding even more feverishly. And the ground's shaking and the ceiling tunnel begins to collapse on the people that are, that are underneath there and in, and in it. And the people, they're unaware. They are totally unaware of the rocks falling on them. And they continue just to meander aimlessly. And, and you know, debris and rest, debris and, and stuff has fallen on them. And it's just pounding the ground. They just lay there left their dead. And birds kept coming. And they entered the tunnel right as the entire tunnel collapsed on them. And they were crushed flat and buried under the rubble. It was almost like the overpass was just gone. The flags were now burning, and they had burned ash. You could see the residue of the flag ash, but the wind was blowing the, the residue of the flag away. 
And then out of that rubble comes this, comes comes the man. He carries them all in his hands. Spike's gone, and he's just carrying. He's carrying about halfway up the handle, not not right next to the mall part itself, but but halfway down the the handle. Takes the helmet off his head and places the mall down on the ground, and then he said this: "Justice for all is coming, but will not be seen by the many who needed it desperately." Bracing is required to stay the course, but it will be a course of consequence. Let me say that again. He said, justice for all is coming, but will not be seen by the many who needed it desperately. Bracing is required to stay the course, but it will be a course of consequence. And then the ground began to shake, and men, I saw men none of whom were soldiers. There was not one military person involved in what I'm about to say. I saw men taking up arms and lining up ready to fight. These were men wearing camouflage jackets. They had AR-15s over their shoulders. They had caps on their heads. They were wearing boots. Um, It was not a a military city. This was just citizenry. This was just people. And they're they're taking up arms and they're lining up ready to fight almost like you would have seen during the American Revolution when the British would line up to fight. They didn't have the guns out, but they were just lining up, stepping one next to another. That's when I heard the sound of reveille in the background. It started getting louder and louder and louder and louder. And the men marched forward Weapons came up, and there were shouts. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. Uh, What I want to talk to you about first is the... uh